Welcome to the Power Excel podcast, where we look at the issues, trends, and innovations shaping patient access to new drug therapies. Because we're all driven by the same goal, to make life better for patients and improve their odds of survival. I'm Keith Wenzel, and I'm a member of Paroxyl's scientific data organization, where we enable clinical research with real-world data. Thank you for joining us today. We're in the midst of an unprecedented time in our industry. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced us to rethink just about every aspect of clinical trials. One area where there's great potential is the use of wearables as part of what is considered decentralized clinical trials. We've long believed that wearables and sensors, which include devices that are worn, like activity trackers and vital signs monitoring devices, as well as blood pressure monitors and spirometers, have great potential in clinical trials. They are now being used in new and innovative ways, enabling at-home care to address the current situation with hospital overcrowding, enhancing safety for patients, and in China, providing long-term monitoring of COVID-19 patients to prevent future outbreaks. So what exactly is a wearable in the context of a COVID-19 clinical study? And how can it change the game in this most critical time for our industry? Today, we are talking with two of Parkcell's experts in this area, Julia Lakeland and Shang Feng. Julia is a solutions architect and program director at Parkcell, which means she helps our customers develop innovative solutions to their most challenging problems. Julia specializes in the selection and implementation of wearables and sensors for clinical trial use, and she has a long history at Parkcell and in clinical research. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thanks, Keith. It's great to be here. Dr. Sheng Feng describes himself as a statistician, bioinformaticist, and a data scientist. He is trained in both molecular biology and statistics, or bioinformatics. Sheng worked with a group of Chinese medical doctors who were inside Wuhan saving lives. He also worked with scientists who were repurposing cancer drugs for COVID-19 with artificial intelligence. In addition, he worked with real-world data companies who developed IT systems protecting clinical trial site data monitors. We are delighted you have joined us, Sheng. Thank you. Let's start with a little background on wearables. Julia, can you set the stage and tell us what the landscape was like for wearables in clinical trials prior to COVID-19? Absolutely. So wearables is a key component with decentralized trials and with the enablement of, of capturing data within a home environment. But the inclusion of sensors and wearables in clinical research is really still emerging. As an industry, we are keen to investigate and look at new use cases for encompassing digital technology and decentralized trials. But we're also still highly cautious and understandably put patient safety at the top of everything we do. So in some aspects here, the technology is actually ahead of our adoption. And this presents the challenge of implementing new digital technology, including sensors and wearables, which is a fast moving and complex market. The market for wearables is still maturing, but it is doing so at a rapid rate. And the movement that we're seeing with decentralized trials is really going to further accelerate that rate that we have started to see. 
you know, new sensors and new digital technologies are being made available on a daily basis. And most importantly, these technologies are becoming more available and patient-centric in their approach with every release. For example, when I look back over the evolution of CGM, so constant glucose monitors and insulin pumps over the last five years, the speed in which these technological advancements are being made in order to help patients better manage their condition is phenomenal. Parexcel's decentralized clinical trials cover both hybrid and fully virtual approaches. So in a fully virtual approach, all data is captured remotely, all patient visits are, are held at home, and the use of telehealth technology and sensors are used in order to enable all of that data capture within the home environment. A slightly different approach is that we can have home visits combined with clinical trial site visits as well, which is really where we end up with this hybrid approach, which encompasses both aspects. Shang, turning to you, could you share your feedback working with local groups in China on what the clinical research landscape was like at the start of the pandemic? Were wearables being used then? COVID-19 started to hit China in the end of December of last year, a time when the industry of wearable and RWD and RWE were both ready to boom in China. In fact, on January the 8th, the Chinese FDA just published its first national guidance of RWD and RWE in clinical trials, one week after the first COVID-19 patient was reported, and two weeks before the city of Wuhan was locked down. Numerous big data companies, pharma and biotech, believe that finally RWD and RWE would change the textbook of clinical trials. For wearables in healthcare industry, hundreds of baby companies were boom during the past two or three years in China. One of the leaders just boasted 42 million sets of wearables sold all over the world in 2019, with almost 1 billion dollars in revenue. The future of both wearables and RWD and RWE were bright at the beginning of 2020. During the COVID-19 pandemic in China, we observed that wearables were not immediately used, but cell phone-based RWD was widely used. The reasons were intriguing. During the First week after the lockdown, all people in the city of Wuhan who felt that they might got the virus flooded to hospitals. Not only the hospital system was overwhelmed and uh, collapsed, but the virus was widely spread by cross-infection in the crowded hospitals. This triggered a new policy. Only moderate and severe patients stayed in hospitals while the mild ones were quarantined at home or in those temporary-built hospitals. After the first week of chaos in hospitals, the goal was to save moderate and severe patients' lives. Most severe patients were on ventilators, and wearables were not used. For mild patients and the general health population, wearables were not immediately available for urgent use in China, 
at population level. But the 800 million cell phones become a handy tool for education, tracking, and monitoring. A number of cell phone-based RWD collection apps were developed. Electronic Patient Reported Outcomes, or EPRO, could be collected using those apps. That's really useful, Shang. And what is the situation like now? Have local sponsors begun adopting wearables? During the COVID-19 pandemic, it is reported that uh, 75% of clinical trials unrelated to COVID-19 have been canceled or delayed in China. When the country is planning for reopen with people going back to work, decentralized clinical trials, or DCT, were seriously considered by trial sponsors and clinicians as an important option for new trials. For authorities, wearables and digital devices such as e-helmet and the temperature gun help to track and monitor new sparkles of COVID-19 in the population. Medical doctors can use AI-enhanced wearables and RWD to follow up patients who were recovered and released from hospitals to record any clinical signs of virus returning. Healthy individuals have been educated about wearables during the COVID-19 pandemic and are more likely to explore wearables to monitor their own health. Julia, what can the rest of the world take away from this? Are we seeing greater adoption of decentralized trials and wearables globally now? Yes. What we are seeing are more and more patients unable and and in some aspects, you know, understandably are reluctant to travel to their, their clinical trial site because of the environment that we are currently facing. Um, and so by nature, decentralized trials um, is an obvious solution. And of course, sensors and wearables is the preferred solution for remote data capture. What should sponsors who are considering decentralized trials and leveraging wearables for their studies be prepared for? What should they consider? So these are great questions. And I completely appreciate what a daunting task it can seem in order to take a traditional clinical trial design, which we are all you know, familiar with and is the foundations of how clinical research has been conducted you know, over 20 plus years. Um, So I like to break things down into digestible chunks. So I start by putting the patient right at the center of every decision that is made, be that from the device through to general technology, through to logistical considerations of how you get the sensor to their intended destination, considering the regulatory considerations as well, But it's not just these initial buckets. By putting the patient right at the centre of everything, of every decision made, you ultimately start to think about getting the right device for the right patient in the right study environment. So we think about a step-by-step process. So think about how the data transfer is moved from the home via a transfer mechanism. And again, what's the impact of this on the patient's home? Is it practical? It, you know, is the data transferred via cellular or through a Wi-Fi hub? Um, 
And what's the patient burden here? So making sure that that patient burden is minimized, but also taking into account the practical um, considerations because you have varying patient population groups here. I look at two opposite ends of the spectrum. I have my mum on one side who is a fit and sprightly 80-year-old and I have my daughter with her diabetes on the other end. So you need to make sure that the technology is easy, but also it's a case of making sure that the technology is is suitable for the local country. So again, taking it back to basics, is the sensor and is the plug that the sensor is going to be charged through, is that compatible with the country? So I like to I like to have a methodical approach with the patient right at the centre of every decision made and taking it through from start to finish, looking at making sure the right sensor is deployed, the right sensor is received and is set up and is practically able to be used by the patient. And then finally, looking at logistics and how that data is transferred and stored. You know, we have tight regulations within our industry um, and understandably, we have to make sure that those regulatory expectations are met. But increasingly, new technology is coming out and new sensors and these companies are compliant with regulatory standards. And as an industry, we are becoming more competent in our assessments of which technologies are right to be used. So I think they are really the key foundations that we need to be taking into account here. Thanks, Julia. Um, A final question uh, for both of you. Um, We've talked about what innovation means for our industry, but what does it mean for patients? Can you share how the use of wearables may change the experience for patients in these studies and what those changes mean? Sheng, could you go first, please? I think for patients... Uh, wearables uh, means uh, convenience, and uh, they are more likely to compel with uh, uh, the rules of the clinical trials. Um, so that's uh, that's all about uh, the patient-centric. Um, so we can help our, uh, we can better help our patients in the clinical trials. Thanks, Sheng and Julia. For me, sensors is about putting patients at the heart of every decision we make. And it brings about natural benefits. So making sure the patient is is comfortable with that technology and is is aware of their their condition. It's about putting the patient back in control and making sure that they they can manage their condition, they better understand their condition, and ultimately they're then looking after their well-being more. So for me, it's about patient control and patient engagement. Great. It's really fascinating to see how this challenging time has driven such important innovation and how we are already learning from the experience in China just months and weeks ago. Thank you both for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. ParXL provides a COVID-19 resource center that includes insights and perspectives from experts like Julia and Chang, which you can find by visiting our website, parxl.com. 
Until our next episode, we wish our listeners good health and safety during these extraordinary times.